Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Welcome every single one of you here today. If you don't know who I am, my name's Christian and I'm one of the pastors here and it's my delight to be involved in uh, much of what happens here with a talented group of people. And I'd just like to just say a few thank yous to the guys who've put the videos together, who've arranged the lights, who've arranged the set, who've just made sure that everything is sorted this evening. Those who have done the video, I think you have done an absolutely superb job. So I wonder if we could show our appreciation to each of them. We have the lovely Chaucer School with us, and I am thrilled that they are very much part of us here. They're, they're part of a, a partnership that we have with, with uh, Chaucer, and uh, we're delighted that we're here. And in a few moments, we're going to be hearing a couple of beautiful carols from them. And uh, because I like to give things away, and uh, I wonder if I could just have just a couple of presents. And there's also a bit of bribery that goes on in this. It's always good to bribe, isn't it? It's always good to bribe, isn't it? Yeah, so if we have some kids who'd like to, you know, win these prizes, then the answer is you've just got to sit still and just listen for a few minutes. And then what will happen is uh, Eleanor and also Hannah will just keep an eye out and we'll make sure that we award these presents to some well-deserving child for sure. You know... I'm going to make reference to the video in a few moments and uh, throughout the message. But the theme of the video was time. In 1963, and some of you are old enough to remember that year, looking around this congregation, okay? Uh, Sorry, you've just got to go with me, okay? Um, Andy Williams sung, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I feel like breaking out into song, but I'll just not do it this evening. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know, Christmas for me makes me think, it makes me reflect, it makes me reflect on the year. And uh, I think a lot of people are like like me. I love Christmas because just for one or two days, I get to not actually look at the clock. There's just one or two days that actually, and this year it's even more so because we would normally have a Christmas Day morning service, but in light of it, Christmas Eve falling tomorrow on Sunday, we've chosen to go to the Sunday route and not actually have a Christmas Day morning service. And that's the reason why. But normally we would be, you know, getting up early and dashing. And then once we've done the service, I'm not looking at this thing called the clock. I'm not looking at at the, the time. Numbers of you have actually got here late. That is why you didn't get a seat. I'm just saying, okay? Numbers of you were very much intentional in looking at the clock and you made sure you've got a seat here. And there's a moral to the story. If you want to get in Arena Church, you must get here early, okay? Because actually we get very, very busy on Sundays. But time. You know, I was... These are just a bit of an introduction, and you've just got to laugh with me. The more you laugh at me, we had this last, uh, last time I did it with, so who was it from Chaucer here who cracked, shouted out, you're not here. 
are you? One of the chores of school. Uh, two weeks ago, we ran a community service and I said about the presence and I said, and also if you laugh at my funny jokes and I'm cracked just one line and this sharp girl, she went, ha, 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 and she won the present immediately. So, um, <clears throat> but I was thinking about time and I was, came across this story and it's about a man by the name of Morris. Sorry if your name's Morris here, but this is the man's name. And years before, Morris, who was a man of advancing years, advancing time, unfortunately, he'd lost his beautiful wife for 40 years. And he went to the doctor one day to get a physical due to some hearing loss and the usual aches and pains associated with getting older. A few days later, the doctor saw Morris walking down the street with a gorgeous younger woman on his arm. He had a spring in his step and a smile on his face. A couple of days later, the doctor spoke to Morris and said, Morris, you're really doing great, aren't you? Morris replied, just doing what you said, doctor. Get a hot mama and be cheerful. The doctor said, I didn't say that. I said, you've got a heart murmur. Be careful. <laughs> There's only older people who can associate with that. Time. Time. You know, there's some thoughts around time. There's a lot of studies around time. There's some people who actually believe, and this goes back to, back to the ancient Greeks and Babylonians, that actually time is cyclical and quantic. What I mean by that is they thought that we're in the concept of a wheel of time. And it consists of repeating ages that happen to every human being in the universe. I actually don't believe that for one moment. I actually believe, and the Christian viewpoint is this, that actually time and most, most people would actually believe this, including uh, Islam, they would actually agree to this, that time is linear, it's directional, and it begins with the act of creation by God. Why am I saying all this? Well, I think it's really important at this time that we just stop for a moment, just for 10 minutes, and just think about our times, our moments, our seasons. There's two original Greek words, and this isn't a history lesson, it's just for those who are interested. One is chronos, which speaks of time chronologically, that's where we get it from. The other word is kairos. Kairos is that moment in time, that moment, that season, that happening. I don't know about any of you, but I'm really into The Crown at the moment on Netflix. Anybody know what I'm... Have you any, give me a wave if you like The Crown on Netflix. Oh, wonderful. You're all a bunch of, you know... I'm loving it. My, 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 uh, my daughter and son-in-law introduced me to it. And I was just reflecting on Queen Elizabeth II, whatever your thoughts about her, but she stepped into a moment of time. There was a moment when she needed to step into that moment and that was her moment. Every one of us, whether we're young or old, whether we're single or married, wherever we've come from, there's a moment. On the video it said, and Jordan did a terrific job narrating it and writing it, she said this, 
Time, like an ever-running river, flows softly by. The past is gone, and the future is yet to come, and the present exists and expires all at once. I was reflecting on that. The only thing I would possibly disagree with Jordan, and I'm not about to fall out with her at all because she'll get the better of me every time. But for me, time doesn't often go by softly. Because for some people here today, time has been very hard. Time has been very harsh. Things have happened to you. Things have happened to me. That have not been soft and not been kind and not been cuddly. And the, thing, the thought is that time just runs by and the past and the present and the future almost merge into one. Because the point is this. Time stands for no man. Every one of us are getting older. When I was a teenager, I never really thought about time. I really didn't. And as you can see, I've only just advanced a few years from a teenager. <laughs> Joking. I used to think that time would just continue. And I really never, ever gave it any thought at all. But one thing I've realized is this, that you're never going to get any more time. Everybody has been allotted a certain amount of time. And somebody very wise once said this to me. The most precious commodity is not gold. It's not money. The most precious commodity that you will ever have. Listen to me. Guests and friends of Arena Church. The most important commodity in this life is time. It's time. And I've realized with every moment, the hands go by. Seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years. I still remember the turn of this century. Looking at some of you, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Because you're still young and, and little. But I remember when we all, the big thing, can you remember? When we was going to go from 1999 into year 2000 and the world was going to end. Anybody can remember those things? And, and the, the computers were all going to smash. You know, what a load of baloney. Fake news. Just a load of rubbish. None of those things happened. But I still remember where we were. And by the way, actually, he's hiding in the back, so he won't mind me saying this. I was actually with my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, and we were enjoying just the festivity of seeing the new year in, a new century in, and he went and got the beast of a firework, you know, to let off. I tell you, it was rubbish. I was expecting Epcot and Disney, and it was like Matlock Bath. It was just <laughs> dreadful. Sorry if you're from Matlock Bath organising and all that. But I still remember where I was. And these 17 years, the point that I want to make have just flashed by. Why am I saying all this? What has this got to do with Christmas? I think it's got everything to do with Christmas. I think it's got everything to do with the nativity. Because when I look at time, there are two particular things that I just want to just draw your attention to, if I can, for a minute, that I think are great parallels in terms of the time of the coming of Jesus and where we are today in history. Because many people embrace the view that the nice cuddly Christmas card of snow falling down and Jesus all wrapped up cuddly in a, in a manger and angels singing and you know snowmen being built and all this kind of cuddly. I want to tell you, that kind of imagery, 
has not helped the church and has not helped you and has not helped people to understand what was going on at that time. You see, the thing is this, when Jesus entered the world 2,000 years ago, not just because my Bible tells me so, but because history records it. This is a historical fact. There was a man by the name of Jesus who came into the world. And this man, Jesus, came into the world that was very problematic and very uncertain. Very problematic and very uncertain. And I think it's very much like the world in which we live. I'm not trying to be political or social or whatever. There are so many problems in the world, in the wider view. And when I get down to people where they are, and I do a lot of that, just because I like to be amongst people. I hear their heart. I hear the stories. There's lots of problems. They have financial problems. They have marriage problems. They have spouse problems. They have health problems. They have housing problems. Lots of difficulties. And what I've realized is this. Problems can create high degrees of uncertainty. And you might be here today. You might be thinking, have you heard my, my lament today? Have you heard what I've been talking this week? No, I haven't. It's just all around us. And Jesus came into that kind of world that was very problematic and very uncertain. I just encourage you to read the Gospel of, of uh, Luke and the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew to see the accounts of two principal characters in this. And for time, I'll just make reference to it. Because you say, what was problematic? Well, first of all, Jesus was being born into a time that was controlled by Romans. Their land wasn't their own. They were being told what to do. The taxes were being imposed upon them. There was all kinds of challenges around them. But get this, Jesus was born to a virgin. This is what the Bible says. And you think you have problems. Let me just highlight a few things of the start of Jesus from conception to birth. As I said, Joseph, he's in the story. And his fiancée, Mary, is pregnant, but the baby's not yours. How does that make you feel, guys? The baby's definitely not yours because you know you haven't slept with this girl. And she's pregnant. Or as I say around here, she's preggers. Mary, let's get her take on it. You're pregnant, but you know you're a virgin. You know you've not slept with anybody. How's that happened? Incredible problem and uncertainty. Can you imagine what it was like to tell the families? Can you imagine both sides of the families, what they'd feel like? I think the attitude of the families would have been disgrace and humiliation all at the same time. But it doesn't get any better. As Jesus is born, because obviously things settle down and he takes, the Bible records that Joseph has an angelic visitation. He says, look, this is not yours. This is born of God. Take her as your wife. And he determines not to sleep with her. And they have to go to a census to Bethlehem. <laughs> and as they get there, there's nowhere for them to be. It's like being here. There's no seat for you. There was no room for them. And she's heavily pregnant She's about to drop. And what do we do with that? And then, to top it all, there's a king who hears about it by the name of Herod. This is not just Sunday school, kids' nativity. This is reality. There was a king who heard about it, and he decided that he was going to kill every child under the age of two. 
So not only are that all this odds stacked against them, the king then decides to issue a decree that every child, male child under the age of two, is to be executed. And they have to flee from their land into another country that is not their own. Why am I saying all of this? Well, you think you have problems. Jesus was born into a problematic and uncertain time. And let me tell you why, if you're asking the question. Because he wanted to come fully human. He could have come in all his pomp and all his splendor. I actually believe this with all my heart. For some of you, this might be the only time you'll come to church. So I'm just going to talk to you about what I believe, a conviction that we hold as a church. We take this Bible in its entirety. We believe it to be true. And the Bible records that Jesus, he is God and became fully human. Laid down all his privileges and became a man. And he became a man because he wanted to be born into an imperfect world. So he could say, I understand your pain. I understand your uncertainty. I understand your fears. Why? So he could say, look, I understand you. And by the way, the connection between the, 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 the cradle and the cross is this. It's only out of his love that he came to the world. Because we're far away from him. And it's still the case today. Why is it that blokes like me and women like me stand on platforms like this over this time, week after week, declaring these kinds of message, messages because we believe it to be true? The only answer in the world is Jesus. The only answer to the ills of, the, of, of life is Jesus. Trust me, we've got loads of people in our church who've tried everything, have done everything, have traveled everywhere, and none of it's found any real meaning to them. We've got business people who had everything, and yet they felt very lost and lonely. We've got people who actually just went down a cycle of drugs and drink and prison, and they realized they had an encounter with, with Jesus. The second thing I want to say is this, not just that it was problematic, but this is really important. The, the time was personal. You see, there was a personal challenge to Joseph and Mary. Would they embrace the moment? They were figuring out what their lives were. These were young guys. And you might be here today and time is very personal. Questions like that we heard on the video. Why am I here? Is there any significance to my life? Is my life futile? What does the future hold? Here's a great question. Is there more to my life than this? By the way, sir, by the way, madam, if life is good for you, that's wonderful. It's no problem. We're not wanting to berate anybody. I'm just posing a question that many people speak to me at times and says, actually, life isn't as it seems. Because there's an ache, there's an emptiness in my heart. The video shows the seasons from spring through to winter, the seasons of change. By the way, summer are in the spring of life and we have some children here who are in the spring of life and I love Christmas for the kids. It's wonderful to see their faces and enjoy it. But there's some of you looking around, not looking at anybody. We're almost in the winter of life. Life travels fast. Time will not slow down. And time is personal to every one of us. This is what it says as I just draw it to a close James in chapter 4, verse 14, talking about time, it says, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? Your mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. I know that there are many people who say some very nice things about me and this church and some of the good things that we do within the community, and they are good things, and we sincerely mean them. 
But I'm very mindful that in 80 years' time, nobody will be talking about me. My life's just a vapour. Probably not even 80 years. Probably 50 years. And by the way, I'm mindful, and some of you have hit retirement age, you know, you think you're indispensable. As soon as, as, soon as you step out of this door and everybody says, we love you, we'll miss you. And a week later, everybody's moved on. Our life is a vapour. It's a mist. It's here today. And it's gone tomorrow. The point that I want to pose to us is, what are we going to do with our lives? And I want to just declare, Jesus is God. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is kind. His love and forgiveness is wanting to reach us. And he reaches out to every single one of us, no matter what your life has been like, no matter where you've come from, no matter what hash you've made of your life or what success you've made of your life, his love is towards every single one of us. There were two groups of people, the wise men, very wise, very wealthy. They did a very wise thing. They followed the star to the saviour. In mind that you have everything, they determined that in that moment, they was going to pursue the saviour. There was also a group of people by the name of shepherds who really, in terms of life, didn't really have an awful lot. They weren't wealthy. They probably weren't educated. And they did a very sensible thing. They too left where they were to come and follow Jesus. I don't know whether this is going to work, but in the minute that I've got left with you, I've done this a couple of times. And then maybe we'll do it on the way out. We'll give you one of these. It's called the ruler of life. The years of my life. Just give me your attention just for two minutes. Here, we'll see from zero to 100. Typically, most of us probably won't get to 100. But this is what I like to work out. When I saw this done a few years ago, I thought this really impacted me. And we were encouraged to take this ruler of life and look at our lives where we were. And we had to make a decision. Where did, we want to, where did we want to go? When did we want to go? Now, of course, we can't determine that. But I was thinking, I really don't want to go beyond 90. Sorry, kids, but that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm really like to probably get to 90, God willing, and then I'm done. So actually, I need to tear that bit gone. That bit's gone. Those 10 years have gone. But here's the other thought around this. Without me divulging too much information, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm actually now in the middle of my 40s, okay? So now, that bit's gone. Never to be seen again. And for the audience, so you understand, I'm not trying to do a magic trick. <laughs> this is what I'm left with. This is what I'm left with. And the big question that I want to pose to you as you take this away with you tonight do it at home. What do you want these last few years to mean to you? What do you want these many years to mean to you? To every child, to every teenager, to every older person. What do you want to make of these years? I made a decision and I really believe this with all my heart. The best decision is to place our life, my life, my times in Jesus' hands. To put my trust completely, solely, 100% in him. The Bible says that those who hope in the Lord will never be disappointed. That is my story of 30 years. As I've trusted in God, it doesn't mean that everything's been easy. In fact, most times there have been many challenges, but I know that I've had a Savior who's walked with me. 
That is why I can sing carols like I do. And most of us, they're just traditional carols. But for me, they mean something. That actually, I recognize this Savior who came into the world out of great love for mankind and great love for me and gave it all, is all for me. By the way, I want to make sure that I make the most of my time. I wonder if I could pray with you. Time's gone. I wonder if we could just bow our heads for a moment. There are some certain things you expect when you come to church and praying is one of them.